Yo, yo. Yo, what's up? Oh, it's chill here in the rain. It's kind of nice. I'm like, rain? You guys don't know what rain is. <laughs> it's been raining for like a month straight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the sun is anymore. <laughs> it's like new for you guys. You're like, oh my God, I need sunlight. I'm dying. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been used to like it rains once or twice for the whole winter. And this time's like, well, we're looking at like three more weeks of rain. So enjoy that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm good, dude. Same old, staying busy. Lots of lots of working and lots of uh you know, babies and stuff. Like Thomas and Ashley from the Rebels had, had their baby last week. I saw that. Yeah, so we like got to see him and hold him and stuff this weekend, and then dude, that's cool. You guys have a little baby club now. I know, man. Babies everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they always seem to time out yeah, right they, around the same time. They they come in they come in groups, dude. It's funny. So yeah, here here in Sacramento, like I think like three or four people had kids, and they're all within like a month or two of each other. Oh man. And I, they didn't plan it. It's just like, oh, you guys all have kids now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I definitely remember like being younger and seeing like old, like groups of friends like having kids and stuff. And I was like, oh man, sucks to be you guys, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, that's, that's good. Yeah, it's like I was just young and free and walling out. I'm like, oh no, we're, I'm good over here, man. But it's cool. It's all good. No, it's a fun adventure, man. That'll be cool. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> Fuck. Okay. Well, let's do this thing, dude. Let's do the, the, the podcast. I can't. Yeah, we'll get into it. All right. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? I don't know. Like touch a flower. Is it moving? Like, nah, feel free locked up. Sounds like a fuck, dude. Oh, boy. Wop, wop, wop. You fucking blew it. That's idling. Yo. What's up? Welcome back to Moped Monday Podcast. Your favorite moped podcast. <laughs> Dude, what's going on, man? Um, I got Maitland from the Creatures and Baker's Dozen live on the phone already. Say what's up, Maitland. What's up, man? I, can't, I crack up every time I hear the fucking twangy intro <laughs> to the podcast. I tried not to laugh the whole time. <laughs> You're just, just good old boys down here in the South, man. Like, you know. <laughs> The music's from out west, though, so it's like that's that's some Denver shit. So it's all good, and it's straight out of the moped community. That's our homie uh, John O'Leroy from um, Black Black. So you oh, know, no. okay, yeah, that's John's old band. But like, if you guys want to check him out, dude, he's got a new record out this last summer, and he's still touring around, playing music, doing his thing. So you know, shout out to John. I just saw him in Sacramento like a month ago. Oh hell yeah. But yeah, dude, fucking, we're we're back, man. Moped Money Podcast, uh, episode two fourteen. 
was last week. No, episode two fourteen was two weeks ago because we didn't do it last week. So yeah, this is two fifteen. We're here, two hundred and fifteen episodes of moped nonsense. Like, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a good fucking number. I'm like, who knows, man? I can't remember half the shit I've said. Like, I'm gonna go and say I can't remember ninety percent of the shit that I've said. <laughs> well, it keeps it fresh. Yeah. You'll never run out of topics, dude. So, like, I can easily forget it, and then like I can just repeat it again and again and again. It's perfect, <laughs> dude. Five minutes in. I don't do this often, but I have to pause it and I have to like I gotta run real quick. Can I call you right back? Emergency. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. One second. Yo, what's up, guys? This is Biggie. Uh, so this is a quick edit. Just to let you know. Uh, <laughs> we do do the raffle. It's at the very end, and this episode is about Baker's Dozen Run 2023. So if you're here. To just hear a little information and some details about the Baker's Dozen Run, you could probably go in and skip ahead to like, I don't know, like 55 minutes, 50 minutes, some something around there. But me and Maitland definitely like went down a rabbit hole of just like hanging out and enjoying our conversation with each other. Like it's been a while since we've talked on the phone. So, so yeah, if you want to just hear stuff about Baker's Dozen, you can skip to the, uh, so like 55 minutes or something. But yeah, that's it. Cool. Later. Fuck your car. Ride him up. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back. <laughs> dude. Hopefully, hopefully everything's all good. Yeah, yeah. Crisis averted, dude. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, that's, I guess these are problems you know you do the shit at home. You're like, you never. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, crap. Yeah, we got to blow this shit up, guys, so we can get like a real studio live. We got to go go somewhere else. We do this like five times a week. Like, doesn't <laughs> you know you hit it big? You have to go somewhere to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just like build a facility in the backyard. It's like epic moped garage, like like shuffleboard table hangout slash podcast studio. Dude, can I come over? Yeah, dude. If if I if I come into the money, dude, it's gonna be legit, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like we 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 fly we fly everyone out for every, for each episode, dude. We do everyone's live. We're getting it. <laughs> you know what? That would be really dope. You should get you should blow this up and get big and like make the money because I, I want that. I got I want that for you. I gotta become independently wealthy, boys. <laughs> the lot the lottery is like they got mega millions still, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like I don't really play the lottery. Like I think it's funny when like the people I have like you know family and people I know that like play lottery like every day. Like they are committed. They they play the numbers. They gotta play their number every day. And like my mom was like that for a while. Yeah, dude, and they and they miss it one day, and then like they they like that that thing inside of them is like, oh my god, dude, I missed it. Like. You know, they, they beat themselves that up over me. it. That could have been me. I could have blown up. That was that was it. That played my number. That played my number. <laughs> I didn't play it. You know? <laughs> like, they lose their shit, dude. Like, they didn't play their number, dude. <laughs> I don't, I think I've won free ticket more than anything. Yeah. I play, I'm like, ooh, free ticket. And then I don't win anything else. I'm like, all right, that's. We do, I clearly won't. We do the we do the scratcher thing like when we hang out with my um my girl's family. Like we'll like when oh, we, yeah. yeah, we go see all them, like we'll like we'll all go buy like like a stack of scratchers and we'll all like scratch them together. 
And it's like are fun. It's like yeah, it's fun. It's whatever. But it's like, dude, like never. Like we've been doing it for years. Like me for Christmas or holiday or whatever it is. We always buy like a stack of scratchers. No one's ever won big ever. Like it's not. Ever. Yeah, it's not like happening. Like I watched like one of those like Mr. Beast videos once where he got like a hundred thousand dollars of like scratchers or something, and like they scratched them all, and it was like did not break even. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, you probably wouldn't break even. You'd probably just lose, 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 lose most of the time. Yeah, like those couple wins, you're like, you get you get stoked on it. But, like, at the end of the day, dude, you're not, like, winning. <laughs> it's like, you just got to get lucky, dude. It's got to be a random, yeah. you know? It's got to be totally random. I always like to go buy, like, one or two whenever they're like, the Powerball is at $2 billion. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, fine. I'll put two dollars down. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah, like we everyone everyone bites the bullet and plays that one, and then like we all lose, and then next week it's like you know another billion dollars more, and you're like, damn, a lot of people played that week. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, what's up, guys? This is uh, you know your 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 podcast that you listen to occasionally. You know, there's a couple of you guys that are out there committed. You know, really just like listen to them all. Like, which I I commend, you know, that's, that's, that's worth it. That's cool. I respect it. Like I, th- I listen to every second chance episode, like, cause it's moped content. There's not a whole lot of it. Like every time corn pet drops a video, I watch it. Like that's, that's what yeah, we got going like, on. You know, there's a couple it's like him two stroke stuffing are like the only video creators. Yeah. That I can think of. There's like there's like there's like a new guy, there's like that new like old guy, older guy who's going like he's got like some motorbicane that he's working on or something. And then um Oh, I haven't seen that. Then there's a fuck, there's another dude who's he has like a he does like off he does like dual sports and he does mopeds and like he just posted some stuff a couple weeks ago and used like the podcast song, so that was cool. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. He's like, Oh, can I use the song? I'm like, Yeah, of course. Like I'll I'll send it your way, dude. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like like I recorded it for laughs from for everyone else anyway. I should have been like, yo, dude, like, nah, bro, you gotta go buy it on iTunes because no one's bought it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to license that for me. It's gonna cost a lot. I was like, yo, I'm gonna record this song and it's gonna be sick. Like, I'll just put it on iTunes for the shits and giggles. Like, yeah, you wanna support it the podcast, just go buy it on iTunes. No one bought the song. <laughs> <laughs> they all just like they all like heard it once or twice like oh yeah that's cool and that was it <laughs> like yeah i don't know if i want to buy it put it on the device but that was cool yeah not that good <laughs> not not high quality <laughs> like dude i'm like trying to get um fuck dude like i don't know like i'm I have all these ideas. Like, if you've listened to this podcast ever, you know that I always have like all these ideas. And so, oh, yeah, you're just like constantly coming up with new shit. Like, some of them come to fruition, some of them don't. You know, like, my mind's always like spinning a thousand miles an hour. But I don't know. It's fun. I enjoy it. Like, like doing doing the things. I just I just need more time, dude. Like, I'm like I'm too busy. Like, Dude, yeah, you're, you're like always busy. I don't know how you have time to do new stuff. Yeah, like it sucks. Like I wanted, there's so much new stuff that I want to do. Like, dude, like my YouTube is like fucked up. If you just see like, my YouTube history, I'm looking at a thousand things. I'm like so all over the place. I was like, ooh, I want to do that. Ooh, I need to learn about this. Ooh, I'm going to YouTube University for like a whole like 48 hours. I'm going down the rabbit hole. I need to figure this shit out. And then I'm like, ah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. 
I don't think I've ever gone down a YouTube rabbit hole. Like maybe I should continue to avoid it because it sounds like I would go pretty far down it. Yeah, you never you never know, man. Like sometimes you just like stumble across some shit and you're like, damn, like that's really interesting. Like I mean I, I did that with like the Indian dudes who like build a pool in the woods with like bamboo. <laughs> you see like, I think yeah. you sent me that. <laughs> yeah, someone definitely sent me that. You're like, what? Why are you doing this? Just, and why are you filming it? Yeah, just digging this hot tub in the forest out of like dirt and clay, and there's like, and it's awesome. And you're like, damn, that's a lot it's so of work. Well yeah, it was you're awesome. Like, it was so good. What what, what inspired you to do this? You like it was fucking good. <laughs> yeah, what made you think it was possible? Like I could, I would never in my mind be like, yo, dude, I got. There's a spotter in the corner where we can just start digging and. You know, let's make let's make a fucking spa. <laughs> let's make I the hot. Like let's make a hot spring. Think that way. I'd be like, let's just go do a thing. Fuck it. And you yeah. had no concept of whether it was possible or not. You're like, just go do it. Yeah, that was like you know being kids, dude, for sure. I definitely remember all those times where we like found ourselves just in the woods doing shit. You're like, what are we doing today, boys? Like, well, we're gonna build this fort, and then we're gonna build like this dirt track. And then, like, and you're just like a kid in the woods, like thinking, thinking you're like, yeah. like at a construction site, dude. You're like, you and your boys are just going in building shit. Like, oh, we need to down some trees. Uh. You're like, that'll be no problem. Just start working on knocking the trees down, boys. You got it. Like, what the fuck? I remember, like, we, we, uh, we, like, like. Uh, we thought we were carpenters, dude, for real. Like, we didn't know shit about shit. We're like 15, 14 years old, and we're just like, we're like, dude, like, we need to build some skate ramps. And I'm just like, I don't know where we got the wood. Well, for one, I think like so one person had a car or something. We like put it on, like, like a, you know, plywood on top of the car, and like everyone puts a hand out the window and holds it or some shit. And like, yeah. You know, we found my dad's power tools. We're like, dude, this fucking table saw is going to make this a thousand times easier. And then you almost cut your friend's hand off and you're like, oh, God. Like, he's, like, it's like, we're good. We made it. I never told my parents about that until I was like, well, into adulthood, dude. I was like, yeah, I found the fucking table saw. And and when I was in there, I found the porn stash. And we like, you know, we had a minute with that. But then we were like, all right, guys, back to work. And like, we got a thing to do. And we like, and we definitely almost cut Drew's Drew's hand off with a saw. We're like, all right, I don't know how we're supposed to hold this wood still, but like, just hold a two by four, and I'll cut it. And like, as soon as you turn the saw hits the wood, he let go, and the saw went through like right past his hand, and you're like, oh fuck, like, like, like yeah. it was a super sketchy moment. But we were like, all right, we're good. Let's try it again, you know. <laughs> okay, we know what not to do. Don't do that. Yeah, let's not do that. Like, don't let go. Like we we built like, real and don't put your hands in the blade. Like we built, we built a goddamn, we built a fly ramp like and like out of scrap wood and bullshit like in my side of my driveway and we're like yeah like it was like the shittiest thing and we like haul it places we're like yeah dude we got ramps now like I don't know man like that's like I don't know it's still I'm still holding on now like I'm still doing the same shit with mopeds I'm like yeah like I can I can totally build this fucking dirt ped from scratch i'm doing all this shit we need to weld you know i was like let's buy a welder let's figure it out you know yeah no i, I just uh the craziest moped i think i put together in a while i've just been slowly going through it it's a, a v1l mm -hmm. kick start 
But I put an AM6 scooter kit on it that's water-cooled. Yeah. And, like, I've been taking my time because it's a lot of stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to fuck it up. So yeah. instead of what I normally do, just hurriedly assemble it, I'm going to take my time. So it's taking me a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got it together recently. And, like, I'm sure there's going to be something wrong. I, I didn't math any of this out. I, I did have a, a proper machinist re- or move the stud pattern. Yeah. Because the six is a little bit wider. Yeah. Um, but everything else is pretty much like accomplished with spacers. So it was, it was doable. And I was like, I, I guarantee something's going to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> but like, it starts up in idles and it holds water and everything holds in there. Sick. Uh, it turns out that like, the spacing is indeed off. Um, and it's like three mil of a compression of a combustion chamber. They have a three mil squish fan, which is which is apparently very large. Yeah. I had to Google it because I don't remember <laughs> any of these numbers. So like, Google what what is squish band for two strokes? And you're like, huh, three three mil might be a little large. Yeah, it's supposed to be one point two, I guess. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, that's why. Yeah. Like it ran, but like it didn't do it wouldn't go anywhere. I just pulled throttle and did nothing. I'm like, okay. I fucked up somehow. Dude, I feel like, cause that's like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna talk ner- nerd moped shit for a minute. So we all we all have been we're all. If you're listening to the podcast, you're in this game. We're all in this game. We're doing this thing, and we've all if not all of us, but some of us have like looked at things like the Fred's Guide and like this is like on Moped Army. It's in the wiki. This is Mopeds 101. Go read Fred's Guide. Oh, yeah. It tells you how to do all these things. And then in there, it's got these links to other things like this is how you tune a carburetor. Here's the whole, here's the whole chart for the PHPG. Like here's a chart for this. Here's a chart for that. And, and like, then it's like, Oh, here's a link for like, you know, performance tuning, the two stroke performance tuning book, which is like a godsend and knows like gives you all the details about everything that you could ever imagine. But all these extra details in the fine print, like I call it the fine print in mopeds, like, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the ring gap, uh, <laughs> the spark plug gap, the ring gap? like all <laughs> the squish band, like, you know, like this is, this is how you check the squish screen. You put this solder in the head and then you turn it over and then you put calibers on the solder and you look at it and then you write that shit down and like the fucking port timing, like all that bullshit is like, the, yeah. is the fine fine print of mopeds and so many of us neglect the fine print and it's like i'm gonna go and say 100 percent. i've never taken the solder put it in the head and like properly checked my fucking squish never 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 i've been doing this shit for 10 years and or more and i've never once done it but i know about it and I know that that's oh, yeah. proper, and I should probably do it if I want to know what my bike is and what it's doing. Like, who knows their port no. timing for the, for every kit they have set up? Maybe ten no, percent. I, I feel the less. same way about about ring gaps. I've never. I don't know what you do when you gap a ring. I've always <laughs> just slammed them on and put it in the cylinder, and like, well, there you go. <laughs> And like, yeah, 10 plus years. I'm like, I don't know. And I, I made a post the other day. I was really honest. I was like, one time I assembled it with olive oil. It seemed to actually do really well. And that engine has been running very smoothly ever since. 
Yeah. They're like, you know, why not? Yeah. I've definitely had those kids where I've just like plug and play. Look, the first kid I ever put on a bike, uh, Hobbit DR, and I put it on. No, that wasn't my first kid, oh. but it was my first like properly working bike. You know, I had a, I built a motor became before that, but like the DR Hobbit was the first properly built like moped. And and I put it on. I didn't check a ring gap. I just put it on there, and, no. it, and it did 55, and I came back with a shitty grin on my face and like, hmm, this is moped. It's all easy, you know? Moped's <laughs> great. <laughs> but, dude, like, watching shit like Cornped, like Maze's videos, if you guys don't know, go check out Cornped on YouTube. It's the homie Maze. Like, he's killing it. Like, awesome videos. Like, And, like, watching him do stuff, same thing when you see, like, videos from, like, Ed's moped shop and shit. I'm just like, I'm like, uh, yeah, there are definitely some dudes in the community who are fucking legit. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, I got these shocks. He's like, I want to change the eyelets. You know how many times I've had shocks and be like, oh, man, I got to fucking change the eyelets because it doesn't it's not the right size. And you got like, I guess I, gotta, so I guess I got to go buy him somewhere and watching him just drop a video. He's like, yeah, well, I got this stock. I guess I'll just throw it on the lathe real quick and <laughs> make it. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, dude. Like, like, oh, no, it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm building this bike. Like, you know, like Ed's shop is like, oh, let me just put it in the jig. Like what fucking moped or has a jig, you know? Like I remember just sitting in the, in the shred shed with all the boys and we're like, all right, dude, we're going to Hobbit swap this Cobra frame. And we're like, we're just holding it steady. And we got three people looking at it. Guys, does it look straight? Yeah. Is is it straight? <laughs> is that straight enough? Like we're all kind of looking at each other, like yeah, someone, you just eyeball it. Like, You're like, yeah, we're straight. like someone. Someone take a couple steps back, man. Make sure that thing's straight. <laughs> and, and you just and you just send it, you know. Fuck it, like. I mean, that's what, what or my baker's dozen bikes, and I've ridden a couple times. That thing, I had Barry here, and like we just eyeballed the chain line, made sure it was straight. And we're like, great, yeah. it's straight. That's all I got. Yeah, dude. Like, I've definitely, I don't know. You move some shit around and you're just like, yeah, send it. And then, like, a couple seconds, like, a couple seconds later, you're like, hmm. Like, did, 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 we, did we check the shock positioning first? <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, we fucked that up. Well, we'll just buy longer shocks. It'll be okay. <laughs> It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Like, the shocks are, like, almost sideways, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I've done that at least once in my past. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah. Like I've seen right. the, like the super stretched Hobbit, and you're like, man, that thing is stretched way out there, and the and the fork angle is just like, ah, like, no, how about some turn? Like close, close enough, dude. It'll be all right. <laughs> A lot of those are just close enough. Yeah, dude. It's fun. I don't know. They're, it's all still a good time, man. Like, uh, like I've, I've, I'm like trying to clear out some more shit. Like I sold the Cobra at the at the uh, Ride and Chatter, and okay. that was like a bike I never thought I'd sell. Like you guys, like if you listen to the podcast long enough, you probably heard the episode when I got it. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I heard that. I know you had that Cobra for a while. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I was doing the podcast when I when I bought it. I think I was. I think I like talked about it and was like, yeah, like I found this Cobra and I beat everyone else to the punch. Like I was like, I'm on the way, motherfucker. And I and I, you know, it was a cool bike and I enjoyed it. But it's like I'm I'm starting to get I get I'm starting to get more and less attachment to bikes. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like the like other day, really 
Speaking. Yeah, like the like the other day, someone posted. I think it was fucking uh Nat. Well, I can't remember who. One of the homies down in fucking New Orleans posted a land dolphin for sale, a fucking Grand Prix, and it's like kitty, kitty Grand Prix, like you know, looked nice. And I was like looking at, it, I was like, yeah, I had a Grand Prix, I sold mine, and I'm just like, I remember when I first saw them, I was so obsessed, and when I finally bought it, and I was like. This is never ever leaving my sight. I'm never getting rid of this bike. I love it more than life. And and then I fucking parked it in my garage and it sat there in a corner for three years. And I got to look at the roller every once in a while. And I'm just like, you know, like that's where it gets me. Like I get so into these bikes. I'm sure everyone else does the same thing, but I get so into some of these bikes and I'm just like, this is the one. I love it. And you're looking at it and you're obsessing and you finally buy it. And, and it's yours. You're like, yes, yeah, my precious. And you're holding it. Yeah. And you caress it. And you take pictures with it. And and then one day it gets parked in a corner and it just starts collecting dust. And like you got the new shiny bike that you're like, oh, I love this one. And you're riding it and playing with it and doing things. And then you look over the corner every once in a while at your sad bike that you used to love so much. And and I don't know. I just got to the point where it's just like, all right, dude, like it's time to cash in my moped savings account and like you know, turn some of these like mopeds I'm not doing anything with. And I know I don't care that much about into like li- liquidity, like some money and that I can put back in my pocket and put into another project or something else that I'm going to do something with. And like, I don't know. There's no point in them sitting there when they can go to someone else. Like who's going to love it. Like there's the community, oh, what it is. It's like, if it's not us, like, you know, shuffling these bikes around, so someone else can get stoked on it and then they can make it a project and they can get into it and they can like love it until they get over it. And then they goes to someone else. Like there's not, we're not making there's, there's not more of them. There's no new. Mopeds no, out not, here for us again. So for us to hoard fucking 30 bikes to ourselves that we never touch, like, I feel like it's the same way. Like, you know, like I always hear like zeros shop is like, Oh yeah. Zeros have like a thousand zillion bikes, but like, they're also not scared to like sell them off. Like, yeah, you want a bike, just tell us and like maybe someone will get let you buy it. Like, you know? Dude, all the all the like not West Coast places, like the definition of a lot of bikes differs once yeah. you like cross the Rockies. <laughs> like I know some people who have a lot of bikes and that's like Two. well, they got ten, you know, fifteen bikes. Uh, you're like, that's a lot. And then like Ohio, you're like, they got like 50, 60 bikes. And you're like, what the fuck? Where do you even put 60 bikes? Dude, they used to be so cheap. Like, I remember going to, like, the Hell Satans. Like, so the Satans are the original club in Richmond. If you guys don't know, you know, you haven't heard us talk about it before. Hell Satans was the first moped club in Richmond, Virginia. They were just, like, skateboarders who found some mopeds and they're like, fuck it, man, we got our freedom. But they were like super DIY dudes. They're like building skate parks. Like they're making skate videos. The dudes are skating for the local skate shop. Like they're running around town on mopeds, like throwing parties, like having wild times or hanging out with the fucking, the bicycle pedal clubs. Like, you know, it's kind of crossbreeding. Like some pedal club kids are like in the moped club and some moped guys are in the, like the bicycle club. And like, it's just like live. It's popping off. It's it's big in Richmond, and like you always see them around riding and stuff. But they were buying mopeds for like dirt cheap, like early two thousands. Like 
you know, $50 bikes, $100 bikes, like, like getting lots of bikes. I remember they went to, they went to something and they got like, I think they got like three derbies and it cost like $300 or something, you know, like just crazy shit. They're just bringing home like, like trailers full of mopeds. Like, oh, that one broke. We'll just buy more, you know, like, like all the car, we couldn't clean the car. So we just, so we just bought another one, you know, like that kind of thing. Like before there were parts, before there was like kits, before there was like, you know, like everyone knew how to do everything. It was like, oh, like we, this carburetor is not working. We put a different one on. That didn't work. So we just parked in the corner and bought another moped. And like, <laughs> and I, I remember like when they're kind of like, when they're kind of phasing out and like I was coming up in the, in the, in the, getting into mopeds and stuff. Like, and like really, like, when I was really getting deep, dude, I was like, we'd go check out like, oh yeah, like one of the old rebels has like, they got like a couple garages around the city because Richmond's like a small city. And there was no ever, you know, we had a couple communal shops, but that was like later, like second generation scene here. Like Sean opened a shop and we had like a, a local spot, but like all the Satans, they just had like Pat's house. It was like the skate spot with like, you know, skate park in his backyard, which is like okay. on Red Bull, like D- top United States DIY shops. It's called the Lost Bowl. Look it up. It's like. Crazy oh, epic, cement, yeah, yeah. crazy epic cement skateboard skateboard park in a backyard that's like was like Pat from the Hell Satan's yeah. like spot, and and then like so they had that little spot and then they all had like a couple garages like scattered around the city and it was like oh yeah we're gonna go by the uh, Sean's like yeah we're gonna check out some stuff at the uh, at the Hell Satan's garage you know try to buy some parts and this and that and like I remember going there for like the first time and it's like. We go there, we drive down the street, and I'm like, oh, I've been down the street a thousand times, you know, it's just in the middle of the city. Been down the street a thousand times. We go down the street, we pull in this alley, and it's like, you know, there's like just little shitty garages like all over the city. And like some of them like are owned by the houses and the property behind it. And then some of them, like, it might be like right behind someone's house, but they don't own the garage. Some other rando dude owns the garage, you know, like the garages are or owned separately so like people are renting them okay, out, yeah. or like you can sell them this and that it's weird but like oh that garage is in my backyard but i don't own it like i, I just rent this house and like you know they rent out the garage there's separately like there's a few in san that's like that where where uh, ryan has a shop like yeah. the garages aren't necessarily part of the house that they're next to yeah yeah it's crazy so it's kind of like that so like you know we pull in this alley and it's like he's like opens up two garages and we're like and it's like I'm like dude it's literally in the alley behind the like my first apartment I used to walk like six seven blocks to this laundromat and that was like where I washed my clothes or whatever and it's yeah. in the alley behind the laundromat where I used to wash clothes in my first apartment and I'm like how long has it been here they're like oh yeah we've had this garage for for years and I'm like what. <laughs> Like I had no clue, you know, before I was in the mopeds, I had no idea that this thing was here and he opens like these two garages and one of them's got like a white derby in it, like a stack, a stack of other bikes, a white Cobra, like just like stacks of bikes, shelves full of fucking parts, like a mountain of wheels. And we're just like, what the fuck? Like what are you guys? What are you guys doing with all this shit? And they're just like, oh yeah, nothing. (laughs) 
just keeping it here for fun. Yeah, like they were like so into mopeds, but like you know they're getting older and they're like. Kind of like what you see now. You see, like, you know, older generation dudes kind of like phasing out of mopeds. Like, they're still like yeah. a little bit involved. Like, they're like, you know, they still check the forms here and there. They might show up at a rally, but they're like, you know, they show up with no bike and, the, and like no helmet. Like, they don't even plan on riding. They're just like taking Ubers everywhere and like partying, you know? Like, yeah, I'm just here for the party. I'm not, I'm not riding. Yeah, they're just like, they're, they're in the scene, but they're not. Like, I, I technically would just call them moped adjacent, like at this point, you know? <laughs> and it's, it was like that. It's like, it's like these older couple of dudes who are like really used to be really into mopeds, but now they're like, they're, they still like them, but they're not as into it. And it's like, yeah, like we just have all these bikes cause we like bought them, but like no one's doing anything with it. And you're just like looking at all this stuff and you're just like, damn dude, like how much for you to come off the whole lot. And like, they never would come off the whole lot. You know, it's like, uh, like we're not selling it, but like, you know, it's like, damn it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know where that story was going or where, like, how how we started on that topic but i was just like dude like i remember this stuff and it like it stands out in my mind like to this day i remember because i was like talking about how i'm trying to let go of bikes that i don't like care about like oh yeah you just yeah you just got rid of the cobra yeah so like dude i can't just like hold everything forever and i'm like so yeah and like i don't want to be like those dudes where they just hold on these bikes for like an eternity and never get rid of them and they just like hide in a garage and no one you know, they never see the light of day. No one ever loves them. So yeah, you gotta make sure it's at least like you can take it out. I mean, there's uh, it's really cool and it's kind of like I mean, I've definitely been selling some bikes, but I, I have a core like group of minerales I can keep around. Mm-hmm. But like there's a there's an auto museum in Reno. It's like the third largest one in the country or some shit. Yeah, uh, it's the Harris family, like Harris Casinos. Mm-hmm. So it's like a car from like it's all the cars from like nineteen oh or eighteen ninety eight to like now or whatever. Yeah. They have all the cool ones and shit. But the coolest part is that like every one of these starts up and runs. Yeah, that's sick. That's part of these they're like, no no, we make sure they're all maintained. Even that nineteen oh five like fucking ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that thing will fire right up. That's sick. Which is cool. Like, I love, I love seeing the like the dudes like in our community and the girls in our community who have like mopeds and they have a lot of them. And like any given day, they're just like, yeah, like they'll pull them all out and they got like a row of runners. And like, yep, I got nine bikes that run. And I'm like, what? It's badass. And like once you get all of them running, it's way less work to keep it there. But to get them all to be runners is that's the fucking hard yeah. part. Like the problem is when you have like like a stack of bikes, but you only have one or two that run at a time. So yeah. the one or the two are just getting dogged and like, and that, and like they'll get dogged for a whole season. And then like <laughs> when winter, by the time winter comes back around, like all your bikes are fucking roached. Like you've just driven them into the ground and like now they're kind of, they're kind of broken again and they need to be gone through. And, and, and you usually have like several different brands too, because yeah. like even even though Minerali makes a lot of different like frame styles, like you don't have everything there, and like most people want to have a few different brands. You got to stock a bunch of different spare parts and like a bunch of different tools. Dude, I've, really a bunch of different tools, I've talked about that like so much. Just the fact that like 
for the people who only like yeah i only ride tomos yeah i only ride pookie 50s like they have it so easy because they have like they can share parts like they, it's so much easier to keep to keep it running and it's cheaper because you're not having to buy so much of everything you're just like yeah i just got a bunch of the same like our buddy Justin here. gets dialed in because like I'm timing Minerali V1s. I know what Minerali V1 timing is, and like I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm yeah, like, like oh, the, yeah. the knowledge they don't need to know as much. They just need to like it's like that whole topic about being like a, a master of you know none kind of thing. Like yeah, <laughs> it's like oh yeah, like I'm just really good at this, like and I know it so well, like you know. Like our buddy Justin, really? he's got like multiple Tomoses, and every Tomos has the exact same setup on it. Like same kit, same pipe, same car, same. So it's just like there's no question. I can't, I can't do that though. Like I, I have either. better. Like, each each engine is like unique in its own way. Yeah. One's like a Reed Falcini, one's a Gillardoni, one's a water cooled kit, one's dual varied. You know, because I want that variety, dude. Yeah, it's got I because I started out with like I like all like having one each brand. I'm like, no, I want a Derby. I want like that weird bat of it. Mm-hmm. Like, give me give me a Tomos for like real kids. They're really good for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, it was just too hard to try and keep like, oh fuck, I don't have any Tomos parts. Uh, what process owner? Who process? No, he's best for Grande, maybe. You gotta like find your homie who's got the Tomo stuff. Like you hit the group chat, you're like, "Yo, who's holding Tomo stuff? Yo, who's holding Pook stuff?" Like <laughs> that. Yeah, it was well, last year uh, when we were going to Portland on Baker's Dozen. Rick was like hitting up the Portland group chat. Like, okay, I know you guys have Tomo. Who has like a rear output chat? <laughs> I just think that's cool. Yeah, you just hit people up for your parts. Yeah, dude. But when like, we have one style, it's it's kind of easier. Like so, it's uh, it's kind of like that whole like like hunting Pokemon kind of shit to me. It's like you got to collect them all kind of thing. It's like oh, uh, like you can play a couple of games. You can play like that game where like you're just trying to collect like multiple brands, and you have like oh, I need one of those, I need one of those, I need one of those because they're all different, and you're like interested in them. And then like when you get into that Minarelli world. It's like you want to collect those rare Pokemon. So you're like, yeah, like all the bikes and frames are kind of like whatever, but they make like five or six different motors. And you're like, yo, I have to have one of each. Like, oh, there's more than that. I have the shirt that you made. I think there's like eight on there. Yeah, there, like, was, yeah there was a lot on that shirt. And, I, and then people still called me out like, dude, you missed a couple. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I want you to remake that shirt, but just with like a checklist on it, and we can <laughs> check off the boxes as we acquire them. And then you're like, you meet other Minerali owners, and you just wear the shirt. And you're like, this is the ones that I have. Okay. Which so, ones are your All right, here we go. Like, you got to hold. Okay, listen, you have to hold me to this because you know how I am with these <laughs> ideas. We talked about this like 20 minutes ago. Like, I have grandiose ideas, and I don't, I don't always follow, follow through. But yeah, I do remember this conversation. But hold me to this i will redo that design but i will put the motors down it vertically and i'll put check boxes beside it and when i set and when i sell the shirt i will also provide a heat press check mark for each each box so you take the shirt 
You buy the shirt, it comes with heat press check marks, and you just heat press adhere the the mark the check marks to the ones you have. And then when you acquire another one, you can you can add a check mark. Like already already there. You don't have to sharpie it on. It'll be a legit like water like water base like high quality transfer. See, you're the professional here. That is a very good idea. That's like a way better way to do it. And like I'm sure at least two Vinarelli owners will buy these besides me. <laughs> I, I think all of them will, but guaranteed two for sure. Like you'll get you get the first one, dude, straight out the gates. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I need to I need to acquire the V one HLKS. I believe I believe that's the one. I had I had a I had the V one L, I had the V one L KS, and like I was so pumped when I like I I only I've only owned one mineral. No, I've owned two minerals. I owned a Blanco and I owned a, a Safari MT three hundred like top tank. Ooh, both of those are choice selections. Yeah, and I was so pumped. So one dude like used to hang with the Satans or whatever back in the day, and he had like the Safari, and I it was when I used to hang at the first shred shed, and like I found it, saw it on Craigslist, and it was my birthday, like, and I went and bought it, and like, ah, oh, just treated myself to a birth moped for my birthday, and I got it for four hundred bucks. It came with the it came with the um with the Polini kit. And the guy was like, yeah, it doesn't run. And I like, I I kicked the tires, dude. I showed up with a fucking like spark plug tool and pulled the plug. And, like, I don't know, man. You know, I was I was hemming and hawing, dude. I was definitely like playing the game super hard. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got it. I got it for four hundred bucks, and I took it back to the garage and I rewired it because he had the wires backwards and it fired up. <laughs> Yeah, like, it was a little ugly or whatever, but that was like I think that was like I think that was the first bike I ever had like Thomas paint for me too. It was like oh well, we have this dude Thomas in the scene and he like paints cars for a living. So I like yo dude I want like I want like some glitter fancy black and he painted it like Chrysler black with like all this flake in it. It looks sick and like Ooh, nice. and I bought a damn um I bought one of the old EV racing pipes off eBay and it's like Hell yeah. i was in the game dude i had a fucking shawl v1 Polini, like with it with an ev off off the internet and it bike bike ripped it, i don't know what it did probably 40s like mid 40s or something but it was a fun bike and it was like a big, and it's a big moped for like those who don't know like the in the safari top tank is like a larger moped so if you're like a bigger person like this is a great bike it's, it's one of my, I haven't owned one, but I've been very close. It is like a good big boy bike. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like my other, which is funny, like that was a big, like a good big boy bike, but my other Minarelli was a Blanco. So. Which is <laughs> decidedly not a big boy bike. Yeah. It, it, so this, so if you don't know what a Blanco is, check it out. I still, in my mind, I like, I don't, I can't exactly picture it, but in my mind, it, it reminds me of a Vespa Chow and it's like, one of the cooler mineral looking Minarelli frames. Like it's a really like like minimalistic, like cool frame. Is that like square box deal too? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah, but I had one of I had one of those and then that's when I got that I got that I found the V one L kickstart motor, like a bottom end on eBay. Which is like, you know, when you're really hunting for mopeds, I was obsessed. I was like looking everywhere, eBay, Facebook Marketplace, like all those weird third party like like selling apps 
And like, so many. Yeah, all the things. I was on all of them, checking them daily, you know? And I'm like, and this motor popped up, and I was like, bought. I just bought it. I was like, what? A kick, a Kickstart V. It was missing the Kickstart cover, but it like, but it was a V1L Kickstart with all the, with, and I was like, I'm buying it. And I bought it. And then like, I'm buying it. It was like right around the same time that like the Space Spacer came out. So I had the Space yeah. Spacer, and I put like the Metro Kit on it. Like, it was, it was cool. I was so pumped on the bike. And like, and I, when I finally built it, dude, I remember I finally built it and it was on a, um, I originally put it on a, a motorbicane 40 T frame mm-hmm. and I had a fishing pole set up on the forks and I, and I took it to Michigan rally. And this goes back to like the whole conversation about like, just like, Oh, like fucking, I don't know shit about shit about mopeds, but uh, I'm gonna just build the stuff and like not really like, you know, like <laughs> like re- do the fine, yeah, like, yeah the fine print. Like I didn't really do all that. Like I put it together, it started, it ran, and I 100 percent never checked the um the squish, and like and I didn't really pay attention I've never to done the, that till now. yeah, and I never really paid attention to like the gearing, like I was just like built this bike put it on this like moby frame welded it with some random steel we had laying around the shop like and like one of the homies in the shops had a stick welder and i'm like huh never used a stick welder before but i guess it works <laughs> and like i made the and i we cut off the moby mounts and i made mounts out of this random like trash we had laying around the garage and and i'm like oh it starts cool and i took it to a rally and i'm like i I, I hadn't taken it on any group rides like i like i was like hey, it runs it rides around the fucking shop like sick and I, and I took it all the way to michigan and i like and i'm riding this thing and like i remember like i remember like we pulled out on some street and I was like, yeah, like we pulled out on some street and the roads kind of opened up in front of us and everyone just started ripping on it. And I'm like, yes. And I opened it up and I was just like, this bike is so fucking slow. <laughs> <laughs> it was so slow. And like, I'm just watching someone like fly by me on a Tomos and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. Why is it so slow? Like this is, this is, this has all the parts. I had the four pedal reeds. I had the big carb. I had the pipe. I had like, you know, the high, the kick up dude. It was like the motor was beautiful. Like I loved that motor cause it was so cool to look at. And I got my kickstart parts from, um, from angel. Cause she had like one of, the, one of those Bronco motors, but she had two of them. And like, I got the kickstart parts from her from one of them. And I was like, sick. Like, fell into some kickstart parts finally i can build it and i just like remember just being so slow and like the shitty welds i made just like cracking and breaking at the rally and like luckily i had like a belt on like i i i told off i pulled off my leather belt and i ran it through the motor mount and like and i had a crossbar and like i used the belt to strap up my motor with on the crossbar so i didn't have to go in the failure trailer and then like (laughs) and then like we re-welded it like like during the rally i went to someone's house and like rewelded the bike it's still good it's still good <laughs> yeah they're like and i'm like yeah like this belt like saved my life like <laughs> that's your lucky belt i hope you kept the belt for a long time yeah i had that belt for years it might still be around my house somewhere dude like i, I switched hey, to some fancy belt now yeah i got like some fancy belt now with like a little like magnet clip you know you set the size you... i don't know oh that's slick. I think yeah. I have a bicycle helmet that's like that. I didn't know they did that for belts, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it was like one of those. It's one of those Kickstarter things. Like the dude, like they did it on Kickstarter and it blew the fuck up, and now they're like in stores everywhere. 
Shit, that's dope. Ugh. Dude, mopeds are fun, but like we've definitely <laughs> done some dumb things in it. Like it's like it's, so it's like I hauled I hauled a half full keg one time on a bone stock Gorelli. <laughs> I don't know how I got home. I was just like I put it on the tank and I just kind of leaned over it. <laughs> I like I ratchet trapped it the other like sideways and I leaned over it so it wouldn't roll. That's and it. I'm like, well. This thing barely hit 28 with me alone. Here's a bunch of beer and a metal cylinder. And I'm just driving through the streets of San Francisco, just going home from the office to my house. Just leaned over a keg, going like 20 and 30. I'm like, no, I got it. The place good. See, it's fine. Don't worry. I definitely like get a kick out of like showing up to like meetups or showing up places on your on your moped while you have like other things on your moped like i've like i delivered a whole box of like t-shirts to smog squad on my derby once like i had the box like like in the step through like and i'm holding it with my knees like i remember like driving down the street like with pizza like you know you're holding pizza on your handlebars like slash in your lap and you're like yeah like, i got this like there's no there's no straps you're just like balancing pizza or like going grocery shopping or something you just put like the bags like on your handlebars you're like yep it'll be fine yeah you're no sudden turns they're trying to evenly balance the weight of the bags on both sides of the handlebars you're like yeah it's fine yeah dude like i've definitely like uh like had a smoothie like, i got a smoothie once and i'm riding to like go meet up with people like and i'm like i bought a smoothie and i'm like oh, i'm on a moped but i'm like i'm holding the smoothie and, and like drinking it through the bottom of my helmet like <laughs> i was like it's chill dude it's chill like <laughs> you know it's fine i got it i can stop anytime yeah i got one hand i got disc, disc brakes it'll be just fine <laughs> like just no one pull in front of me we'll be all right <laughs> That'd be the worst. Like you, you like eat it. Like you fucking like wreck into some car or something because you're like too yeah. busy drinking a smoothie. Like, <laughs> like so embarrassed. No, I've definitely, I've definitely gone over the handlebars because like I was going to hit someone and I'm like, well, I have disc brakes, so either I'm going to hit the car or the ground. And I'm like, well, ground it is. Tap tap. Yeah. Right over the handlebars. There's definitely a thing I think for like people who've like gone from like just like shitty moped brakes like unworked on never gone through like 30 year old like rusted crusty moped brakes and they put a kid on and they put on a pipe and then they're riding and they're like just like caveman putting their boots into the dirt you know and hitting yeah, the brakes as hard as they can stop like, like it used to and they can like never stop and there's like and you're like you look at their shoes, their shoes are like all like uneven because they've been like breaking so hard with their fucking feet as they ride their moped. And they, I ruined a lot of vans that way. Okay, I ruined a lot of vans that I've way. I've seen it, dude. I've seen it. And then like, <laughs> and then you give them some disc brakes, and like, and there's like, there's a level to disc brakes too. Like, let's let's be honest. There's there's definitely like you can put on some disc brakes and they'll be just fine. But there's like also like you put on some disc brakes and those things are set to be super stiff. And I've definitely seen people like when they they pull it and they fucking flip. You can have it set up so you can still get a full pull, and it'll kind of like gradually increase as you pull it to like full close. And then there's yeah. the ones that are like you touch it and it locks up. <laughs> I 
I don't know anything about the front brake, like how you determine how it does that, but I'm just thinking as you were talking. And like, I, I've had two experiences. The KX80 ones they usually use are like fairly soft. Like, you don't get that hard lockup on the mm-hmm. KX80 one. But on my Snark, uh, I have the Mike Thomas setup. Yeah. And like, oh boy, that will send you over the handlebars real quick. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember the first time I like had that set up and like we did a moped Monday in San Francisco. And then we went on like a stretch of the interstate. And the a policeman didn't like that, so we had to to leave mm-hmm. quickly. And I went around a corner, and I went to stop quickly. And like, even with me like leaning way back, like my waist behind the rear axle, I like turned them on like I thought a normal front brake should be, and like <laughs> so I lifted my ass up with the rear tire, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> almost went over, and then just sat back down. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, can't play on these at all. Yeah, fucking the the homie. Um, I haven't said this in a long time, but thou who should not be named. Uh, <laughs> uh, he he had disc brakes once, and he had like this Hobbit that was like, it was like a like a kind of like a dirt ped kind of Hobbit. He like had on some tall kicks, okay. forks. Like he had yeah. this, like the swing arm, like all like like squatted out, like with like some lo- some like longer fork. I mean longer shocks. And he had like the, I think he had like the all thread or something through the pedals, you know, for pegs, which is like, yeah, it's a good move. Like if you're trying to have some cheap pegs, like people do it all the time, but like, it's also like a dangerous hard piece of steel that could cut the shit out of you or jab you, you know, if some shit goes wrong and yeah, it's a steel metal bit. Yeah. And he definitely had one of those moments where he was like riding down like a main street jamming on it and like some car like stopped in front of him real hard and he just jammed on the front brake and flipped over those bars and ate it and that fucking all thread like 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 cut his leg or did, it did something dude he was all tore up and i was like damn oh, like, like yeah flipping over bars is never good <laughs> no we've done it a couple times always at slow speed though you know like 20 miles an hour or less it's helpful yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right dude so real quick like i know we've been hanging talking which is great i'm loving it but i forgot that like we're not just here to hang out we're here to talk about <laughs> the 2023 baker's does it <laughs> that's right there's a thing with you <laughs> yeah I, I, i'll definitely uh i I'm gonna go back and I'll, I'll I'll make an edit in the beginning of the episode. That's like, hey guys, uh, if you want details on a uh, baker's dozen, you can go ahead and skip to an hour. <laughs> you know, my, like minute, minute mark like fifty. Like I'll, I'll 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 let people know just in the beginning of the episode. Like, hey, like by the way, <laughs> the actual information is to the end if you want. You know, sorry. <laughs> if, you're, if you're just here for info. <laughs> <laughs> but for those who don't know, Baitland is a uh, like one of the hosts for Baker's Dozen. He's been keeping the thing alive since pinball. If you don't know that, it's like a long time ago. Some people were like, "Hey, we're gonna do a moped race across state lines and and make some endurance moped thing that's probably pretty pretty bad for our bodies and our health and our asses, yeah. but we're gonna do it anyway." <laughs> 
And then like the kind of pinball thing ended, and Malin's like, "Oh well, let's keep it alive, dude. Fuck it." And like the like the awesome dude that he is, he's managed to keep it going for years now. How many, how long has it been since Baker's Dozen? Which like what which Baker's Dozen is this? Like the number? I want to say it's like five. I'm trying. I get confused because the pandemic threw things off, and also when I thought I started it isn't when I thought I started it. <laughs> Uh, but like I think this is number six. Let's see, one, two, three. Yeah, this is number six, including the one that got split in half. Like it was like, yeah, I count that as two. Okay, me too. I was like, I was making sure. Yeah, so there's the split half. So New York to Austin, Austin to Redondo Beach, California. Just run, run, them, run, run them all back. For those who don't know, here's the rundown yeah, okay. of like all the crazy Baker's dozens races. That's actually that's good. Uh, so the first one is the the first two combined were like I wanted to do number one as a tribute to Cannonball Baker, who's the original insane man that's like let's race some shit. Uh, and he did. It was all one go. It was a motorcycle race in the seventies. It started at the Red Ball Garage in New York City and it ended at the Portofino Inn in uh, Redondo Beach, California. And, like, that's a long time to take on a moped, and a lot of people can't take, like, a month off. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great, but, like, it's just not possible. Um, so we split it into two. And the first one, we did New York to Austin, Texas. That was, like, 2,050 miles, roughly, over 10 days. Yeah. Um, and there's always a rest day. So there's one day thrown in where like, you don't have to go anywhere. Uh, you usually just kind of recover a little bit and fix your broken down. Sorry, moped. <laughs> uh, that's super good. Um, uh, then we did Austin to Redondo beach. That one. Shit. I don't remember the days anymore. I think it was like seven days, maybe eight days. Um, then we did Detroit to Boston. Yeah. That one was seven days. Um, that one was like 1,600 or 1,800 miles. Um, same as the previous year, similar range. Yeah. Uh, after that one, we did Tale of the Dragon, which is super fun. We basically did like all the motorcycle back roads of like the South and the East. Um, we did, it was Atlanta, Georgia to Richmond, Virginia. But we went all the way up to West Virginia first and then came back down. Um, that was like 1,200 miles. And then last year, we did a pretty epic one. It was basically the Oregon Trail. Um, not familiar with it. Some settlers walked some horses from Nebraska <laughs> to Portland, Oregon way back when. And many of them died of dysentery. Uh, <laughs> dysentery, snake, snake bikes, um, drowning Indians. Drowning, yeah. Uh, it was kind of crazy. Like it was from we did North Platte, Nebraska to Portland, Oregon, and I didn't think it would be this insane. We started in Nebraska. It was a hundred degrees. Um, by the time we got to Wyoming, the average high every day was like sixty, with a low of like forty or thirty-five. Yeah, it was raining sometimes. Uh, you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And one day. The main route actually did get flooded. <laughs> it had been flooded like a, a week before when the storms went through like Montana. 
But the main route for one of the days was actually flooded out. And so everyone had to climb a 9,000 foot mountain. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. There was no way around it. The other, the only other way made you go like four hours out of your way. I was like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, dude, I'm not like, dude, I, my van barely made it up that mountain. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, it was last year, and then and then this year is uh, we're starting the Bonneville Salt Flat. Which uh, we're going to zigzag our way through the Rockies, and then we're going to end up in New Orleans. Um, this one's a nine day adventure, I believe. Yeah, or, yeah. So this one starts June first, and it ends June 9th going from yep. uh, Utah to New Orleans. Yeah, did so we're gonna, we're gonna was, meet did, up. Did it another year end in New Orleans? Uh, pinball two ended in New Orleans. Yeah, that was it. really fun. Yeah, we went all the way down the, the Mississippi from like Minneapolis to New Orleans. That was pretty rad. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, about it. I was like, I was like, dude, I remember one of them ending in New Orleans, but I forgot it was a pinball, not a Baker's. <laughs> to me, it's like I mean, all the same because they all like kind of like, it all runs together. <laughs> it's the same thing, you know. Yeah. And then we all decided to live in New Orleans for like a week afterwards <laughs> or longer. That is a problem of going to New Orleans. Like, our, like I'm going to go and say, like, step out on a limb and say, like, in the moped community, it's a known problem that uh, when people go to New Orleans for moped rallies or moped events, that sometimes people are just like, this place is awesome. And they just stay for like weeks, like, months, years. They just like, they just like move there. Like, yeah, I just quit my job. I just didn't go back and I've been living here now. And then there's like, it's, it got so bad that mono made it a rule. Like when you come here for a rally, you have to go home. <laughs> like you're, you're allowed to move here, but you have to go home first. <laughs> you can't just stay forever. It's really easy. You're like, well, this isn't easy. I just showed up here and like, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of like, figured it out already. Like New Orleans is awesome. <laughs> and like we used to, like when they started having rallies down there when Mono came out and they're like, Yo, we're having a rally in New Orleans and it was like in October where like the rest of the country's freezing cold and you're like, you go super down south to New Orleans and it's like t shirt riding weather and you're hanging out, like drinking in the streets and eating fucking po boys. And you're like, yeah, this place is awesome. And like, we went like four or five, like Richmond. This is a long drive for Richmond too. We went like four or five years. Yeah, we went like four or five years in a row. Like every year, we're like, yeah, this is what we're doing in October. And like, then like because it was so cool, we ended up losing half of our moped scene to moving there. Like. Like we legit had like, I think four or five people from smog squad moved to new Orleans. Like we just lost half the scene. Like <laughs> to one state. I remember that because I thought, I think it was my first like seeing them on the internet. I just thought smog squad lived in new Orleans. And like one of them was from Richmond. I was like, yeah. oh, they broke yeah. to Richmond. They That's all nice. lived here, and then they were. And the club was from here, and then it was like, huh, we're gonna move to New Orleans. They like moved like half the club. 
I and, had it backwards in my head. I'm sorry. And, and, I, and I feel like, and I feel like the few that like didn't leave is because like they were just like they were still in school or something. Like, if we weren't in college, we, we would we would have left too. Like, we will if we can. <laughs> I think we'll get them back eventually, dude. I think eventually they're just going to be like, listen, we know New Orleans is just going to end up under the water one day, like completely. So we might as well move back now. So we're just going to come back and preemptively. <laughs> but dude, so what, like, I didn't really, die, I didn't really talk. So we've done a couple episodes with, with you about Baker's Dozen. Like every year we kind of like talked about a little bit before the ride. And like last year, like I didn't even bother doing the follow ups and like see how everyone's race was because like Jimmy was all Jimmy did the, ra- the did the race and he was all over it. Like he had it on lock. I'm like, all right, like I'm not gonna beat this dead horse. Like, <laughs> like there's like there's like ten hours of like content on just like the Baker's dozen last year. So I was like, I don't need to talk to anyone about this. Like, <laughs> if you want to hear it, go listen to Second Chance. So, but. Last year was cool. You guys, I, I watched it. I followed it on the internet. Like you guys had a good time, but this year you guys are back. You're doing the thing. You're starting the salt flats, which is like an epic starting spot. Like if you guys don't know what it is, you want to like explain to everyone a little bit about the salt flats. Yeah, no, it's like, it's, it's going to be fun. Cause I think it's, it's going to be a very exciting start. Uh, but basically there's this area. Uh, it's basically most of like Northwestern Utah. But it's between the Nevada border and Salt Lake City. Uh, there's just a huge area that's like a former lake. Uh, and so it's dried up a while ago. Some of it's still there. It's great Salt Lake. Uh, but most of it, these are all just like dried out salt beds. And it's just like really fine, like crystalline white salt that's really light and like, but also hard and compact at the same time. And it's very smooth and very frictionless. Uh, so you can go fast out there. It's also a little bit higher elevation. I think it's like five or 6,000 feet. So the air is a little thinner up there. Um, and it's historically been like a proving ground for automobiles, motorcycles, motor vehicles of every kind. Like how do you set the fastest land speed record and you go do it at like a salt flat or a desert and we have a high desert salt flat and it's the bottom of the salt flat. Uh, so like you technically can go to like the fastest up there any of anywhere in the country. If you try like just full tuck, the salt flats go on for at least hundred plus miles. Like it's just flat. Yeah. It's epic, epic spot. There's definitely like there's there's documentaries on it. There's fucking there's all sorts of shit you can see online about just like world land speed records and like the salt flats. Like go down the YouTube rabbit hole. But it's when I talk about some places to ride mopeds that are like epic and awesome and th- things that like you have to do in, in mopeds, like you know going across the fucking like the Golden Gate Bridge or fucking riding through Times Square or like you know coming through the black hills or like you know seeing the fucking you know the monuments or something there's That's all these things fire. yeah riding mopeds past like the the white house or some shit like that and there's all these epic things that you can do in mopeds that are like last week someone rode past the live bison <laughs> yeah 
I see you not in fucking Yellowstone. They're like, oh, well, there's a bison right there. Don't anger it. Just go past as fast as you can. Yeah. I don't know. Like riding mopeds in Yellowstone National Park. Like there's epic things you can do in mopeds. And the Salt Flats is one of them. Like bucket list. One of those places that's like I have to go to in my life at some point to see it. And, and I hope when I go, I have some kind of motor vehicle. You know? Yeah, and like, when are you going to bring one? Like, I mean, there you might bring one, but like, it's going to be pretty rare that you're going to be in the salt flats with like a bike to ride. And you're like, let's do it. Yeah. I definitely heard of people who like are going like to a, to a rally in the Midwest and they're passing the salt flats and they'll pull over, unload all their bikes just so they can go ride there for a little bit and then load back up oh, and keep yeah. on going to the rally because it's that epic. Like, you have to do it. Like, if you're there, like, and you miss that opportunity. Like anyone who's on Baker's Dozen this year, like and if you're there, like everyone on your team needs to get a small ride, like on the flats. Like don't like don't and, take that away from them, you know? <laughs> no, and you should have some time because like we're uh the meetup is May thirty first. We'll have like a little get together at one of the cheap motels in Wendover, Utah or West Wendover, Nevada. Um, it's the nearest town to the salt flats. Uh, but we're going to meet up on May 31st. So, like, just show up. We'll have a little informative thing at, like, 7 p.m. that night. And, like, I'll definitely remind people as we get closer. Um, but, like, show up early and, like, just fuck around. Because you're allowed to, like, the you're allowed to go race on the salt flats. You don't need a permit or anything to just go bring your bike out there. Yeah. Dude. I'm pumped, dude. So, what are, what are, uh, what are, what are the breakdowns for the for the for the dates this year let me i'm pulling up the uh uh i was gonna pull it should all be on the website the website's actually updated now (laughs) (laughs) you're like i'm ahead of time so you guys can you guys can check it out at uh beggars dozen run.com and you'll see a epic like the just like when you hit the site the first picture of the salt flats We'll we'll tell you exactly what it is. It's epic. Just the photo, <laughs> mountains in the background, snow capped, like completely flat white desert as far as you can see. It's beautiful, especially in the summer. It still looks like that. Like there's still snow in the distance. Yeah, shit's awesome. <sighs> so first day, you guys have May thirty first the meetup. Then you have uh, June first. The ride the ride starts at ten. Um, you want to tell me yeah. what, like the rules of Baker's Dozen for those who don't know? Yeah, there's definitely like some more in depth, not too much more, but uh, there's some more in depth ones on the website. But uh, for the most part, there's just a few basic rules. Um, it is essentially a time trial race, uh, so we all start at ten every day. Um, the winner is going to be decided over the course of all of the race days. You're going to add up your total time. So we all start at the same time, and then you stop the, uh, your timer when you show up at the next uh, the next location. Um, so each day you start somewhere. You're given an end destination. Um, you're not given a route. You're just given some restrictions on your route. Uh, so you can't ride on interstate. You can't ride on freeways. Uh, anything where it's like above sixty five or sixty five miles an hour speed limit and above. Um, not allowed on those roads. You'll have to find a way around. Um, could be a dirt road, could be a forest service road, could be a bike path, could be just a regular street. Um, these are all valid options. Um, but you just, you have to get there. What, oh, about, yeah. on, what about on the shoulder? 
Uh, there are like, so if it, if it really is like, and there has been times where it's just like, there's only one way to go. And like, that's an interstate. What would you like to do? Um, we discuss it usually at the moment and like analyze that specific situation. Um, there has been times, I think pinball three between Los Angeles and San Diego, the shoulder was accepted on the side of I five because your only other option was to go through an actual military base and you would have had to pass the warrant check. And we're like, if you're not going to be able to pass the warrant check, you should not go through the military base. Just up. And so some people did not go into the military base. We won't say their names. <laughs> yeah. No names, but you know, if you know, just don't go that way. It's voluntary. So just go on the side of the road. Uh, so yeah, that, that happens. Um, Back where we're, so yeah, every day you have, you start 10, you have a place to get to. Uh, we add up your times over the, the course of the event. Um, the fastest time wins, obviously. There's a few things I uh, gave you the roads you can't go on. You also can't load the vehicle up. So the moped has to make it either through human power or moped power the entire race. And this is, this, uh, this is a key note to stick to, 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 to point out. Once the once the race starts, at no point can you put your bike in a vehicle and tow it somewhere. Doesn't matter if you're out testing it or tuning it or trying to like you know check go to the corner store before the race starts that day. Like once the race starts, at no point can you put it in a vehicle. Nope, not at all. You're not even like to go gas it up down the road. No, you're riding it to go get gas. You want to do the cool thing on the uh, the day off, but your only transportation is the race vehicle. Yeah, if you break it, you break it, and you cannot put it into the chase truck. Uh, the moped is kind of the most sacred covenant of the race. Like you, as a rider, might get tired, and like someone has to tap in for you, but like that bike has to make it. Bike can't take any breaks. Yeah. So how many how many people are allowed on a team? Uh, maximum team size is five people. Um, so anything up to five people, you can do solo. Uh, there's no limit to the amount of teams that can sign up. And how many riders per bike? Uh, so it can still, that could still be up to five riders. I think we did away with the riders per bike rule. There okay. used to be that, but it wasn't really serving a function. Um, because like everyone gets tired. And so after one day you're like, we're not even keeping track of it as a team. Yeah. Um, we have to tell you who's doing what. And I'm like, <laughs> that, 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 yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> so uh, your whole team can ride the bike. You can all swap out infinitely. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there's no more riders for bike rule. What's, what's the thing with the, um, the bikes per team things. I remember like, so I, I know like over the years, it's kind of like everyone's got a little more dialed in with it. And most teams have found that just having one bike is the easiest because then you can have redundancy in parts and you're not having to carry an extra bike to worry about. But is there a rule set for how many bikes there can be for a team? There was, uh, and we had it going for a few times. And I think it, it kind of, because like as the races change, all the, all the racers without – I mean, maybe they talk to each other. I actually don't know, but I think it's all organically without like discussing it amongst each other, but they all change how they approach the race every year. 
Yeah. Uh, and so like, in early pinball, I, like Angel tells me horror stories. She's like, yeah, I was chased for five people. And I was just driving this fucking school bus around trying to track down people that like, I don't know if they were where they said they were. The phone died. And like, it was just chaos. And like, so early on, I think that was like, span the race with as many bikes because like 90% of them are going to break. Yeah. So you're like, if one of them makes it, we win. Uh, but I don't think anyone really does that anymore. So, like, we've seen teams of two bikes. I haven't seen any team with three bikes yet. Yeah. They usually are like, that's too much work. And I think, the last, I think the last time I saw a bike, a team that had two bikes was QCB coming to, like, the Richmond, the, the Dragon's Tail, and they, and they ditched the second bike, like, early on. Like, halfway through day one. <laughs> We're like, nah, we, we, nah, we, we hard seized it. We're done. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's, it kind of limits itself. Um, you can enter multiple bikes for sure, but it's just like you're going to have to keep track of that bike. Yeah. And I guess it's like, I don't know. I guess <laughs> it's hard to say, dude. I'm like thinking about like what would be like best practices. And I feel like at this point, everyone's kind of figured that like one bike with like, the with a plethora of parts is like the best route but i guess it's like if you had two bikes you know with quadruple I mean, that, that the parts for, for qcv like they were able to just pill for parts from the other bike They're like we need this we need this okay we got it it's all there in a bike and yeah. like okay it's a huge parts carcass yeah i guess it's like I guess too, if you had like a second bike that was running and like, so it's like, cool. Like you could like have someone else on your team testing the, the next part, like on the other bike. So, you know, if you need, I don't know, I feel like I'm going to ask you what you think the best practices are, but I'm going to go in and like say it like out of, out of my, out of my, out of my mind, out of my own thoughts from coming from someone who's only watched this happen for the last, like, you know, 10 years or whatever, but like never been involved. Like, I feel like one bike with like three to four backup cylinders that have already been ran. Like, you know, they run, you know, they're tuned and and ported exactly the same, like backup pistons that have already been like, you know, pre-ran or something. Like I would never want to just keep going brand new, fresh piston or brand new, fresh ring. Like, I feel like some of this stuff like needs to be like pre-ran before you try to put it on. Like, from like what I heard from the war stories of last year, like having backup, backup wheels. So you're not like rebuilding spokes in a hotel room. Like, <laughs> See, I, like sometimes it's like, I didn't, that just came out of left field last year. I was like, Oh, everyone's having a pretty decent time. And then the third to last day or second to last day, we were like around the campfire or the bar, just like chatting it up. Everyone was like, yo, our wheels are busted as fuck. <laughs> Yo, our wheels are just breaking. But I'm like, your fucking wheels? What <laughs> <Yeah>. the hell? <laughs> That's like that part you think of. I'm like, I feel yeah, like you no need one... to have redundancy in every single part for your bike. Like, no you... one had cylinder problems. I don't think anyone sees the cylinder. Maybe Jim Henry did, but like, it didn't really even matter. Yeah. He's like, it, it ended up being fine. And I'm like, yeah, no cylinder issues, but wheels, carburetors. Uh, never DNF had to just swap a carburetor. Their VM22 went bad. Yeah. What, just what stopped a, working. 
so what do, what do you think the best practice is? Um, I mean, in your opinion, without like trying to give away any advantages, I I do think good communication is probably a very good practice. Yeah, like where you're gonna pop, what the route is, where, where you're gonna be when when you're stopping or just gas. Like, just like you'll talk about shit that you might think will break ahead of time. You're like, did you really think to bring extra spokes? You're like, why the fuck would you bring spokes? You're like, we just bring like a rack of spokes. Like, why the, oh, it's not. We got a big van. We can put spokes in. No problem. I think the, uh, uh, the welder yeah. is a smart idea. Oh, <laughs> shit. Like, I, I'm glad that not everybody needed welding last year, but like the tail of the dragon here, if Angel didn't like bring that whole setup with her, like, I think everyone has, like, been broken down, like, the first day. Just, like, <laughs> <done. laughs> yeah. like, every night, just, like, weld, 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 weld. <laughs> That's the place we're, we're staying on on fire briefly. Yeah. I think from, like, from, like, the stories I've heard and the people I've talked to, it's, like, things that come in handy. It's, like, having some kind of, like, headset for the rider so there's a way to call them or talk to them, like, we, yeah, while they're riding, like that's well, you definitely got to have that. Like that's really important. And it's some kind of some kind of modification or something so that your seat is super fucking comfortable. Like this is a moped; it does vibrate. It is shitty, and these are really long rides. So some way you're to, gonna be out like eight, eight to ten hours a day. Yeah. So so some way to be more comfortable, like. The solo riders, shout out to them. They're fucking crazy people. Like my whole my whole hands would just like stop working after I think a day or two of this. Like I <laughs> just I wouldn't have no feeling left. Like so Yeah. You do that and then also just some of, like some of the long days where you're just like, Okay, my bike's running great, I'm feeling a little tired, but okay, I got this. And you're like, Oh, but tonight after two hundred and ninety miles I have to set up camp. Yeah. Like, and make food? What? Yeah. So Shit. the teammate has your teammate or your chaser or whatever should be like prepared to like handle food for the rider. Like, okay, like you gotta do when you get here, you just rest and we'll take care of everything else. Like you have like like a pit crew, like your maintenance team, they're taking care of shit. Like when you're pulling over No, it's important. Because sometimes you're like, Okay, like we're going to a remote area, everything closed early. I'm running all right. You guys go ahead in the chase and like get us what we need from the store before it closes. I should be able to make it into town, no problem. And like you, you make those decisions like last minute. You're like okay, yeah. like we can do it. I think the concept of having your chase always close is is would be a would be a positive thing. I know there's been years where it's like uh, we won't get into it, but like. Not too close. You don't want you don't want the chase hitting the rider. You don't want the chase. Uh, you want the rider. Uh, like you know, drafting the chase, but close close enough that like if they break down, you're not losing an hour because your chase is off fucking picking flowers in the fucking field. Yeah, no, that I've started to notice. Like the chases stay really close these days because it's more of a time thing. But like, I, I'm not. It's not like I think the bike will break or the rider stops. But like. If it breaks, I want to fix it in 10 seconds, not an hour. Yeah. I don't want to lose an hour just because we weren't there. Yeah. Your chase uh, should, 
your chase should have pre-mixed gas. There shouldn't be like, oh, my rider had to hit the gas station and figure it out on his own. No, your chase should probably already have gas ready to go. Or the rider should have like extra gas on the bike. There definitely needs to be some kind of way for like you're extending the range, you know, a larger gas tank, a secondary gas tank, uh, extra gas on the person. Like, yeah, strap some oil to the bike so that it doesn't matter who's on it. Like, they're always like, okay, I'm not fucked. There's oil here. Yeah. Worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, I think they're like, they're like, yo, I know I have to stop to gas, but let's like also like coincide that with me having to pee on the side of the road. Like I'm going to take a piss. You guys put gas in the bike while I'm pissing so we can keep going. Like, you know, yeah. I know QCB was doing that like roadside pit crew shit. Like, all right, I pop, he pulled over one guy's putting gas in it. One guy's checking the tire pressure. One guy's like fucking like checking the head torque. Like, all right, and back on the road, like minimal I mean, time stopping. <laughs> I was doing that when, like, me, Angel, and Bron were doing pinball too. Like, we'd pull, like pull over and stop at the gas station. I'd be like, "Okay, you do the gas. I'm gonna go pee." Angel swap the sprocket, or like I would swap the sprocket. And you're like, "All right, everyone has one job to do, and we got we all to finish at the same time. That's the goal. Everyone finish your one job at the exact same time." Yeah, and then you're back on the road, and I think like uh, communication. You feel that if, you're, if you're riding and you're like, you know, someone's behind you, and you, as soon as you start hearing the moped noise, you're like, motherfucker! Go, go, go! <laughs> I think like uh, like the communication on like how the bike's riding is a really key point too, because we all ride mopeds differently. I know some people that get on mopeds and they they turn it wide throttle like wide open and they don't let go and that's how they ride all the time and there's some people who ride and they vary the throttle or they or they find like this this sweet spot but i think like discussing with your team if you have multiple riders like hey the bike's riding really good at this throttle position or something's kind of funky going on like you gotta like communicate that stuff yeah you gotta be like when i do this it does this i don't know what this means does it mean anything to you because it seems uh, not normal, but it does this. And you're like, oh, fuck, we got to rebuild the engine. <laughs> yeah, because I've I'm definitely sorry. heard of teams like who, like, you know, one guy's riding one day and the bike's doing just fine. And they were killing it. And then, like, the next day, someone else is riding and, like, that person kills the bike every time they get on it. Like, I don't know what you're yeah. doing, but you're yeah. doing something. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. How are you doing it? <laughs> and I, and I, I don't know. Like, I have built some mopeds in my day that, like, that, that like did really well and I could like just turn them and they could ride wide open for a long time. But I'm also like talking like on group rides or at a rally, not like I'm going to do 300 miles wide open and never let go. Like that's a different kind of build. Like you need to like have your bike prepared to just go full throttle and like not die. And you can start, you need to start to hear when like things are starting to go wrong. Like, I, I do remember one time I was just, I knew that the bike was not fully dialed in, but there wasn't much I could do about it. And so, like, just going, you know, heading towards New Orleans, and, like, I knew if I go full throttle, eventually it'll hit 420 degrees, and then that's when the fucking pre-detonation starts happening and the coffee can noise happens. Yeah. And then I'm like, if I back off to, like, a little less than three quarters, it slows down, but then the coffee can noises go away after about two minutes. And I was like, another 10 minutes go by, and then I have another 15 minutes of full throttle. And I was like, 
So I'm going to do this for eight hours today. Just play this game <laughs> in my head. No. And you're like, well, it's better than stopping. Yeah. So rule number one of pinball, if you want to be um, uh, a challenger, like a contender, like – the rule number one is it doesn't matter exactly how fast you're going. It matters that you don't stop going. So the less time you, you stop, the less time you spend stop, the less time you spend fixing shit, like is what you need to win. Like if your bike does forty, but it can do forty all day long, versus versus your bike does seventy three and it fucking kills itself every other day, like you're gonna yeah. come out on top. The the tortoise and the hare kind of situation right here for sure. There's also a little bit of like, I saw some jockeying going on last year. And what I mean by that is like some teams, there was one clearly the heaviest person on the team and the bike would go okay with them. But when they swapped out to like the riders that were half the size, like all of a sudden the bike goes six miles an hour faster. Yeah. No tuning changes. Yeah. Zero. You're just like. Put them on it. Put them on it all day. It's like, all right, we're going uphill, get the light person. We're going downhill, get the heavy person. Yeah, get the blocky motherfucker and just lay it down. Yeah, that's that fucking sled, dude. Get that fucking lead pipe going, you know? Yeah, that's the strategy this year, I think, because for a little bit, it'll be going up, and then it's just going to be a lot of down. Yeah. I think the... um. I've, I've, I remember like during the uh, not the pinball but the uh, Trans America Trail ride. I remember oh, Will, yeah. Willie from Treats. This, if you guys don't know, check it out. Like that's it's like it's pinball, but they did it off road. They did the Trans America Trail. It was crazy, epic. Like I love for that ep- to happen. Epic, again. epic attempt. They didn't quite finish, but like they killed it. It was a really cool idea. And um, I remember Willie was like. They were like, I talked to Sean and stuff about it. And they're like, yeah, Willie was fucking changing rings, like preemptively changing rings like every other day. Like, Holy you know, it's like, yep, I'm going to check my ring. I got like, you know, you check a ring gap and like you have them already set and like you just like swapping in new rings. So like your pissing's always fresh. And I'm like, huh. Like, I don't know if that's like necessary, but it sounds like a good idea, I guess. It sounds proper. I don't, I don't know if you need it, but okay. <laughs> Uh yeah, dude. I don't know. I think it. I think it's all like good. I think the main thing is just like having enough parts to survive. Because like the last thing you want is like, oh, I don't have any more inner tubes. Like I know Treatland's been really like, like come through for the riders during the race. Like if they need a part, like they can get it sent in like next day, like to like a, a the you know the next spot. And like, yeah, they've been real good with the, like the next big care package for everyone. Yeah. But like being prepared out the gates, like, you know, it's not, this isn't for everyone. Like this is a kind of race. It is a commitment. You're, you're taking time off work. You're taking your vacation. You're doing whatever to go spend nine days racing mopeds and fucking like riding that long is hard on the body. It's tough to do, but riding chase that long is a, it's a mental game too. Like think about driving a van at fucking 40 miles an hour for fucking days on it. Like fucking kill me. On a 55 mile an hour road. Everyone's honking at you. Yeah. And you're like, there's a, there's a moped in front of you guys. Calm down and go around. Yeah. Gently, yeah. Please. It's like, oh, I got to fucking mix gas and fucking mix parts and like be stuck on the side of the road. Another pro tip 
from like this is okay. I'm just gonna my my this is my list of pro tips and shit that I've been giving out. But my pro tip from, from someone who's never fucking done it, like take take what I say with a grain of salt. But I have been like involved in paying attention. I guess um, don't fucking lock the door to the chase vehicle. If if you're pulled over for the chase, someone better leave the window down. Like. <laughs> I definitely remember a couple of years ago, someone like, you know, locked the keys in the chase vehicle well, and, yeah, and, and the rider's like, well, I got to go. I'm, I, I'm in a race. I'll see you guys later. Figure it out. Like, <laughs> I, I hope to see you later. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a pro tip for me to you. Don't lock the keys in the vehicle. Uh, maybe have some kind of magnet case, Heidi key under your car. You know, that's real easy to do. They sell them at AutoZone, you know? <laughs> yeah. They, they got them, you know, like, that's a good project. I like that one. Yeah, like that that's a good one. Uh <laughs> I think, you know, like swapping riders is cool if you guys like have multiple riders and like, you know, so that way, you know, less fatigue, I guess people can stay active. I guess like having a good book to read, you know, something something to talk about when you're driving chase cuz it's slow as hell. Um <laughs> and sometimes when you have a team too, you're like, I would like to go out onto the bike now. Be away from all of you. I will be there all day if you need me. <laughs> I've definitely done that before. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll take a full day on the bike today. That's fine. <laughs> I need some free time. Like, <laughs> I, I need me time. Okay, just a little bit of me time. Got it. Got it. Got to get away. Got to get away. Um, what are what are here's some questions I've had for rules. Um, so what's the rule with having? With backup parts, I know you can you can replace anything, but are you are they allowed to have pre built motors or do they have like is it is it I remember I think it's just one case you can only have one bottom end or what's the deal? Yeah, no, that's actually really good because we did kind of revise that language after last year. Um, Mars was really good, uh, and someone else on the run, I think, or someone on the internet, we had a discussion about it. And it made a lot of sense. So we did change it. Um, so it's still kind of effectively, you have to run the motor you brought. Um, and you can, you can't wholesale, like just swap a new motor on. Yeah. But you are, you are allowed, uh, instead of no extra cases, you are allowed to replace, uh, What's the way that he did a lot more lawyerly can you than ha- I did? Can you have a complete built bottom end and just swap the motor, I meant the top end, to a new bottom end? Or do you have to do a rebuild? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So here's the way it comes out is, is say you have your riding engine and you can swap any component on an individual basis onto your riding engine. So say your top end is just fucked. Yeah. You can have a pre-built second engine sitting on the side, which has all of your parts. Um, you take the top end off that engine and put it on your running engine. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yep. Um, say your running engine, you strip one of the engine stud um, threads in the case. So you can only put three studs now in instead of four. Yep. Um, per the rules, you can replace that case hat. But here's, here's the discussion we got with you last year. Everyone knows like you can't just replace a case hat. It's not going to seal right most of the time. 
the tolerances will be slightly off. Like there's a bunch of little things like you want to have matching K paths. You can, but it's probably not the best. Um, so we're, we go into the conceptual zone for a minute and you go, okay, well you just replace both K paths individually. So what you would do is you would disassemble your spare pre-built motor and like reassemble the new cases onto all of the other components in your running motor. So you still have to take apart both motors, mm-hmm. you still have to fully rebuild it if it will. And you would basically disassemble your parts motor, but you could keep it there and you could swap those parts. In. Got it. Because the goal is really just to make you do the mechanical work. I actually don't care if you have the components. That's fine. I just want to see you work on the bike and take it apart on the side of the road. Yeah. Not just really like, nice. not just hot swap a new motor. Exactly. That's no fun. You can have the new motor there just as a convenient way to store all your parts together, but you still would need to take them both apart and put them back together. What have you, uh, when it gets to that point too, it's like, uh, well, no one would, why would you have the other one built? You just have the parts on the shelf. Cause then you have to spend time taking it apart to rebuild it on the other one. Exactly. It's only for like, if you're like, well, we don't really have any space. Yeah, that's teams, the best way to well, store it. You know, <laughs> like the way we store all these parts is we just have three built motors and then we pillage. What we sometimes people will show up in like a classy, nice, uh, nice conservative 1980s, 1990s sedan with like a team of four people and all the stuff for a week plus. And you're like, how did you all fit in the sedan to get up here? <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, you guys didn't rent the fucking, like, super van? <laughs> like, like everyone from Boston? Yeah, people do like the fucking super van. That's, that's a big popular item. Like, oh, you, you don't guys, know. You guys brought the fucking toy hauler? Like, what? You don't have to care about it. There's no internal parts. They're meant for, like, Amazon contractors. So you just, like, beat it up and no one gives a shit. Yeah. Like, oh, man, the one you guys have cabinets in the back? Cool. <laughs> You bought the electrician's van? Sick. I mean, I remember uh, a couple teams were using the built-in inverters to run, like, drill presses. (laughs) We're sitting in fucking, yeah, on our rest day, I just, like, it's so ironic. We're sitting in, uh, like, outside the Grand Tetons in, like, the outskirts of Yellowstone, like, in nature. And we're like, ah, nature. Where a few people are running some fucking heavy machinery. There's a Dremel factory going on over there. Uh, we're all just spraying toxic chemicals in this zone. Yeah, yeah, nature, love it. This national park's really beautiful. So beautiful. And then someone comes by and they're like, a bear was spotted in your area. Be on the lookout. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fuck. Uh, a checklist, I think, is a pro tip for 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 the pinball or biggers. You know, like you need to make a checklist that has everything that's required to fix the bike. Like you I need, like you need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you brought every tool you needed. And and I would also recommend. I would also like take it as far as saying, um, you need the checklist. For when you take those tools out, like you need multiple sheets. Like, okay, we had to pull the parts out to work on a bike one day. You need a checklist when you're putting those parts away so that you don't forget stuff. No, no, I, no, 
no leaving the the proprietary fucking clutch puller that you can only use to take apart the clutch on your bike. Like, no leaving it behind. Don't leave that, no. And there's also, like, because people are generally pretty helpful, so if you don't have something someone does, they'll usually share it. You just got to make sure you get all your stuff back at the end. Because I have both not had my stuff back and then also been like, what the fuck is a whole tool kit? <laughs> what? I've missed that thing in my van all of a sudden and no one knows who they are. How do I okay. have, like how do I have three ten mils now? No, there's no ten mils. No one ever leaves a ten mil anywhere. Those are never anywhere. <laughs> Everything else, yeah. You're like, oh a three eighths wrench? Cool. <laughs> Dripped out fucking pliers. Yay. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's a cool idea. I'm glad you guys are still doing it. And, you know, th- this one's going to be rad. Like, you know. This is going to be real cool. I, I'm excited. I hope, like, a lot of people show up to this one. It's going to be real good. Yeah. So, I don't know. If you guys ever get a bug up your ass and you got some free time on your hands or some vacation time built up, like, think about doing the pinball or baker. I mean, the baker's dozen run. I don't. Sorry, I keep saying pinball. It fucking happens. It's, it's interchangeable. I I don't really mind. Like as long as you like come hang out in the Discord and you know maybe go on the run. Like y'all can call it whatever you want. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, there there is a Discord for it. So check it out. There's a website, biggersdoesnrun.com. Like you know, it's got a countdown for the days. We got 79 days, 20 hours, 47 minutes, and 25 seconds left until the start date. So if you want to do it, you still have all okay. two and a half months, fucking to to get your shit together. You could probably still make the ride if you want to go be a part of it. Like, and if you live in the general southern region, it's effectively just driving home. Yeah, you're going out to Utah and you're driving home on a moped. Yeah. Which is also like cool ways to think about it for like those who want to do it. Like that's the that's probably the best way. No one wants to fucking start and fucking I don't know wherever drive like six states away on a moped for days and then have to drive all the way back home because that sucks. No, that's pretty rough. You're like <laughs> I don't know about that. That's usually how I convince people. I'm like, hey, this time we're just driving to your house basically, so you just pop on. Why not? When it's over, it's over. You don't even got to think about it anymore. You don't have to go home. You're there. And then, like, you know, make sure you, like, you know, get another day or two off work, you know, when you get back. You're going to need it. It's going to be weird. Like, oh, shit. I don't have to go somewhere at 10 a.m. I I can stay where I'm at. Ooh. Wow. Uh, It's going to be sick, dude. Like, I'm glad you guys are still keeping it together. Um, yeah, that's, that's gonna be a cool one for sure. Can't wait to see it. I think like one day too. You guys keep keep it up, dude. Like we need someone fucking shooting for the stars for us too, dude. Like when's like someone gonna get like the Red Bull sponsorship or like you know some some TV crew to fucking actually come through and like document us for real and like keep it going, like. <laughs> Like I think, I think like Red Bull would be dope because they would just be like, "Here's money, keep doing wacky shit. We're just gonna film it." We yeah. don't. It seems like they're fairly hands off. So they just keep doing the wacky shit you're doing. Here's more money. Yeah. 
and there is like a prize yeah, aspect of it too, which we fucking leave out sometimes. It's like you're you guys still go through all the effort of putting this on and doing all this work to do it. Like you're not getting shit from this dude, but like the excitement and like the fucking pride that like it's still happening, and like a winner comes out with a little bit of money at the end. But that's really probably not even enough to cover like you know. The, the race and the and the parts and all the shit you invested into it so it is still like a labor of love but we do have some money on the line so there's like you know there's a little pride involved and there's a little cash pot yeah i i don't want i'm gonna wait to announce what it is this year i mean i always have to wait but like i'm hoping to get a few cool things for prizes but yeah it's usually like somewhere between like 1200 and 1800 bucks for first place so like it'll cover your vacation part of it maybe I don't know. Depends on how big your team is, really. A little something. Dude, so, like, uh, how many teams – last thing, how many teams are already signed up for this year? Uh, this year, I think, right now, is about four or five teams signed up. Um, I just kind of change them over to signed up in the in the Discord whenever they do it. Um, but, like, I mean, most of the time, most people don't even sign up, officially, air quotes, until, like, when they show up at the event. And asked me to give them a printed form, and I'm like, "What the fuck is a printer?" Yeah, I don't. You mean like any, I don't know how to print those. like any rally? Yeah, like any rally. You're like, yeah, everyone's, you don't know until it actually happens. Yeah, pre-register. Sure, I will. Woo! Yeah, everyone always says that. And, uh, you know. Yeah, dude. Well, dude, it was fun catching up with you again. As always. Dude, it's always good catching up with you, man. Yeah, man. Hopefully, I'll see you some around sometime this summer, dude. We'll figure it out. You're gonna hit Chicago. I, I think I'm gonna be in Chicago for sure. That was in August, right? Yeah, yeah. Hot and Ready's ten year yeah. re- retirement party. That one's gonna be there for sure. Yeah. So hopefully, I can see you there. I'm trying to. I'm trying to hit that one. Fuck yeah. I think I'm gonna do something. I haven't. I haven't fully planned it out yet, but I'm gonna do something else. But like I'm definitely on that one. Yeah, hopefully I can figure something out. I want I'd like to hit like two or three. I think that's maybe the max that I got in me. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. All right, bro. We're hanging up. I mean, let it let it in. But uh, thank thank you guys for coming on again. Um, if you guys want to check it out, like one more time, just go to bakersdoesnrun.com. You can check it out on the site. You can follow. You can join it on Discord. The information's all yeah. over Moped Army. It's on the fr- it's on the front page, so you know check yeah, it out. We got an Instagram. We post on there sometimes too. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, dude. Later, bro. Fuck your car. Ride a moped. <laughs> all right, buddy. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Boom. That's it, man. That's episode down. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, Last thing, I also have um, the raffle that we talked about from two weeks ago. So we had the episode with uh, the homie um, Graham from Moped Factory. And on that episode, we gave away one of the tourist t-shirts. But we also talked about some parts and swag stuff that he's kind of got sitting around that he's had for a while. And I think it was like a bleeding kid and some other stuff. I can't remember all the information. I think it was episode 213 where we talked about it two episodes ago. And... I was like, yo, email in. And then last week, or not last week, the week before, where I forgot to, when we did the Baker, the uh, Ride and Chatter like recap, I kind of forgot to do the raffle. I was like, oh, like anyone can sign up this week too, and we'll like run it back. So we did that. 
Um, and yeah, so fuck. I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm going to go to the Moped, Moped Monday podcast IG. I'm going to hit this motherfucker right here. I'm going to go to where it says live. I'm going to turn that thing on. Yo, bam. I'm flipping around. Yo, what's up? Moped Monday podcast right here doing the thing. We're back. You know what's up. You know what time it is. Actually, you don't know what time it is because uh, <laughs> you aren't listening to this. But I'm doing it on live this time just so you guys know it's legit. No, I'm not fucking around. Bam, bam, bam. I'm doing the thing. We have the raffle from episode 213 that we talked about. It's got to go down. I'm going to pull the spreadsheet. We got 16 people that emailed in for the raffle. Boom. I'm going to do two prizes. I got, where is she? I got mopedmonday.com, which is Monday. If I can type and shit. Got mopedmonday.com. That's our website for the merch store for the podcast. We did drop a, a new shirt and mug and some koozies so i said i would give some stuff away for that so what i'm going to do is i'm going to take the new shirt and a koozie of your choice and that's going to be the prize pack for the giveaway for this so bam we come back here to the raffle and first off we will do the raffle for the shirt and that'll go to someone i'll email you and you can get your prize in the mail. And then I'm going to do a second raffle for Graham's from Moped Factory's little prize pack thing with the Pliny kit and some other shit. So, because it's live and I want to make sure it's going down, do it on Instagram. Bam, bam, bam. I'll post it on the story so you know I'm not playing games. And we're going to hit here. You can see them. Here's all the names. And we're going to come up here. We're going to go to random.org random.org and we're going to put in 1 through 16 and I'm going to hit generate and this is going to be for the shirt and the koozie of your choice bam generate number 5 boom so 5 come back to the spreadsheet um that's the wrong spreadsheet the one was 16 I got all sorts of stuff going on this computer boom 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 Richie Rouser Number five wins the Muppet Podcast shirt and koozie of your choice. So, Richie Rouser, I'll email you, let you know the deal. We're going to come back over here. I'm going to hit refresh on the page so you know we're starting fresh. I'm going to put it 1 through 16. I'm going to hit generate. Boom, one. It's always interesting when it, when it hits one, you know? You're like, ah, oh, you never know. If like one's gonna be it, but it was this time around. And we got Jordan with a fucking weird last name that I can't pronounce. I can't I'm not even gonna try it, dude. Untectic untechic. I can't I can't talk. I can't read. I'm not fucking shit. Don't worry about it. But I will email you and let you know you win the prize from Graham, and I will message Graham and let him know that you are the winner. So that's it. We got the raffle, two winners down. Thanks for listening to Muppet Money Podcast check out baker's dozen because we got 
a cool race going on this year from the Salt Flats to New Orleans. And hopefully you enjoy this episode, man. And we'll be back next week doing the thing. You know, uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to mopinmoney.com and pick up a new T-shirt or hoodie or koozie or a mug or some swag, whatever. We got a bunch of stuff coming. Um, yeah, hopefully I'll drop that stupid shirt we talked about with Maitland, too. That sounds like a fun idea. But yeah, whatever, dude. We're out of here. Fuck your car. Ride a moped. Bye-bye. So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. <laughs> Ride a moped. I don't know. Like, touch a flower. Is it moving? Like, no, nah, feel free locked up. Sounds like you're fucked, dude. Oh, boy. Wah, wah, wah. You fucking blew it.